This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. I've entitled this podcast, Dogs. When our daughter left to go to college, she gave us a replacement to keep us company. Zach, a black German Shepherd puppy. She picked him out of a litter of nine pups. He was the run of the litter, lingered at the back of the group, wobbly, skinny, looking sick. She always liked to help out the less fortunate. We took him straight from the breeder to the vet. He was really sick. Stayed there three days, but he lived. A year passed, and I called the breeder to thank him for the wonderful dog. He was amazed. All the other healthy puppies had died. A virus had run through the litter. Zach was the sole survivor. On the recommendation of a friend who raised dogs by the dozens, we bought a book by the monks of New Skeet. We followed it to the letter. Zach was held and stroked from the moment we got him. Of course, the care under the veterinarian didn't hurt, but we gave him loving, hands-on attention, and he thrived. I think of nursing homes where dogs sometimes visit and the residents stroke the dog's fur. There's something magical about dogs and human beings. We depend on each other. We get energy from each other. We care about each other. Dogs lick our face. We stroke their back. It's the touch or the caring. The first night Zach was in our house, we put him in the garage when we went to bed. He started to bark as soon as the door shut. We moved him into our bedroom and placed him in a small kennel at the foot of the bed. Following the book's instructions, we threw in an old shoe of mine. He went right to sleep. He never barked at night again. Dogs don't like to be alone. They're pack animals. They want to be close. For 13 years, he slept in the hall at the entry into our bedroom. Dogs and people seem to be a perfect match, especially dogs and older people. They are friends. They are company. They are family. When company came, Zach sat silently in the living room and stared into the eyes of our visitors. Some called him a Buddhist dog. We never made a scene when we came or went. He never got excited at our coming or going. We raised him by the book. We didn't make one mistake with the dog. We did not socialize him with other dogs when he was a pup. We paid the price. He was never good around other dogs. Not real bad, just a little edgy. It was our fault. I'm reminded of a quote by George Atla, a famous musher and dog trainer in Alaska, who said that there was no such thing as a bad dog only a bad dog owner. We have a dog park just a few hundred yards from our house. We walk past or through it most every day. Many people gather there to exercise their dogs and to socialize, both themselves and their dogs. It is amazing how many people will stop and talk to you if you have a dog with you. The only thing that opens more doors to conversation is to have a puppy with you. 
Then the whole world feels free to stop, talk, and stroke the young dog. A person that is new to town and wanting to make contact with people could do no better than to get a dog, preferably a puppy. My neighbor, retired, and his recently deceased wife have had four dogs over the last 30 years. They walked the dog many times during the day. He would take the dog for a walk, then she would take the dog for a walk, then he again, then her again. It went on all day and into the night. They have had four little Dachshunds. They dressed them with a sweater in the winter. When the dog got older, they would carry them on the trip away from the house and let them walk home. They have paid $300 in vet bills for one neighbor's dog, 500 for another. They care for all the dogs in the neighborhood, no exception. My son's father-in-law became very withdrawn when he hit his 80s. He liked to just sit at home, sit in a chair, and either read or watch television. His family worried about him. His wife brought home a little Dachshun from the pound. It made a world of difference in his life, according to his daughter. He had a reason to get up. He became much more engaged about everything, more positive, alert, more social. The dog would sit in his lap. He would stroke the dog, talk to the dog. Life was better. It has been 17 years since our good dog, Zach, died. We did not get another dog. Why? We traveled between two countries every week for 13 of those years. It required that we cross an international boundary. A dog complicates the crossing. Another reason for not having a dog is that our condo in the city was right downtown and up four flights. Hard to take a dog up and down and in and out. People certainly do it, but it doesn't appeal to us. If we ever settle down, meaning if we accept that we're done traveling, I think a dog will be in order. There's something about being assured of unconditional love on a daily basis that is hard to refuse. A dog could be a great boon to retirement or any form of social isolation. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.